Hello everyone. This is Tribecast episode 9 and my name is Marina. This week I have got for you three interviews. First, you'll hear Yusevena Yalainen, who was one of the presenters during the first day of Nordic Startup School. Reminder, I did tell you about Nordic Startup School in the previous episodes. And then you'll hear Antti Pitkainen and Antti Virolainen, who came to P47 to participate in a talk show organized by UCampus and dropped by to my studio afterwards. This is Tribecast, episode 9. Let's get started. Hello, Yusi. Hello. Please tell us a few things about yourself. Well, I've been um, involved in startup culture about 10 years. I've been founder, owner or board member in seven different companies. And most of those are growth companies, not startups, I would say. And those vary from wellness training companies to online grocery stores and amusement companies, escape rooms, real life games, a lot of different stuff. I've been always wanting to try something new and kind of uh, put myself into uh, new challenging situations. Okay, I got you. Since you were one of the coaches or presenters during this Nordic Startup School, and in your opinion, coaching projects which go for a few weeks, are those useful for startups? Well, they are not solving anything for them, but um, I guess mostly they are helping. And uh, like in this coaching session, Tommy said that uh, someone will fall out and uh, they want that people are really committed And um, I think that uh, if the coaching is in the right moment for the startup's development, it would help in some way, at least. And the mentioned Tommy is Tommy Terentiev, with whom we did an interview a few weeks ago, just a reminder for our listeners. You said that it's not solving anything. So you don't believe that after this kind of project, a startup will skyrocket immediately? Mm, well, I meant that uh, it's not solving anything for those companies. They still have to do the work, but they can get the inspiration and ideas and connections from here. So it's uh, boosting more or less their development yeah okay and do you generally believe in networking for a startup yeah of course networking has a kind of bad reputation at least among some people but in networking also you have to focus and know what you are looking for maybe for a student all networking is good but for startups they have to think where they use their time how do you define where and whom to network with you have to have clear goals what you are looking for And uh, you have to think where you can find that kind of people. Is it investor, some co-operator or what? And you have to think what you are looking for and uh, a little bit uh, spend some time to think where is the bang for the buck for your time. Okay, speaking of time, it was one of the biggest part of your presentation, time management and productivity, if I got it right. Could you please, very shortly for our listeners, tell what would you recommend to do to make your day productive? Everything starts from overall wellness, and my main theme was flow, and uh, you can't get into the flow unless you're calm and well-being. At least for uh, the more well-being you have, the more flow you will get in your life. And other tips, you really have to think what is essential and what is the 20, 80 you have to do. 
what 20% of the action is making 80% of the results. Back to time management, maybe. Do you have any tips for productivity in a sense of day organization? It starts from knowing yourself. Some people do their best work in the morning, some do at the afternoon. So you have to pace your day as best as you can from that point of view. Another one is week planning. You can always do yeah to-do lists, but kind of one never-ending to-do list is not rewarding. You are not getting it ever done. Week planning, you can distribute your job more evenly during the week and you can have this chunking of tasks like you can have this excel afternoon or sales morning you can handle same kind of stuff at the same time so it's more efficient to move from one task to another so you can save at least a little bit your time got your point now let's talk a bit about startup life in finland What's your general thoughts about Tampere startup ecosystem nowadays? I haven't ever been living in Tampere, so I will answer Finnish in general. It has evolved. I was founding some entrepreneurial associations 10 years ago. The Reactor was second one, I guess, after Alto ES. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in many ways different kind of scene then, and it has evolved. And the companies are much better. They are developing faster and maybe they are not so, how would I say, kind of a flowy and clumsy those ideas. And there are not so much those creative geniuses. I mean, in a bad way, creative geniuses. Those, I don't see those not so much anymore. Okay. And what, in your opinion, stops an early stage startup from becoming big nowadays? As one answer, I would answer that maybe they are not learning fast enough because you have to, the running a startup is being in a sport of fast learning. You don't have enormous resources to put, like put 100 people doing one pilot that Instead, you need to pilot very fast and adjust or make a totally new product. And many times the startup's situation is that you grow or you die. So you have to learn fast. Okay. What is the key to success for a small business? I mean, maybe you have to be good and not maybe you have to be good handling all the pieces at one time. You have so many things in startup and growing a startup you have to do the funding stuff the product creation development you have so many things so you have to be good puzzle maker and you have to be good with the handling all the strings at the one time thank you very much for being with us and i hope you enjoyed your day with us at nordic startup school today and Thank you very much, Yusim. Thank you. It was glad to be here. And we're having one more interview this week. And before I start asking all the huge load of questions which I have to my guest, I'd like to tell you a little story. Somewhere in the beginning of December, at the premises of Tribe Tampere Network, which is spinning cut of 47, I met a guy who introduced me to another guy, and I got introduced to a few more people. And somewhere there, the idea of Tribecast was born. 
And now we have what we have. So, hello, Auntie. And thanks for being with us today. And thanks for your inspiration and your amazing network. Hello, and my pleasure. So, yeah, I'm Auntie Pitkin, and I'm guessing you want me to tell something about myself. So, I do. without further ado, well, as a background, I've been involved in this Tribe Tampere and local startup scene things for quite a while now with Y Campus, with Tampere ES, with Tribe Tampere and, and organizing whatever events, not to forget Startup Weekend Tampere that just turned one year a while ago. And what I do now is I'm a software developer at Futuris, Tammer Force, and trying to make the world a better place, one line of code at the time. Speaking of making the world a better place, today we had on Tribe's premises a talk show, the name of which, if Google Translate does not let me down, can be translated to English, how a company can make a world a better place. Yes. So you were one of the guests slash speakers there. Could you please summarize what was the show about? So yeah, there were companies that had varying approaches to making sustainable business and making the world a better place through doing some business. And, and I was the representative of Futurist here. And how should I put it? As a representative of Futurist, I tried to bring in the view of, of a company and an individual who is making the world a better place uh, through secondary actions in their business. So it would be a stretch to say that Futurist exists to make sustainable business or to help plant trees in Africa like some of the other companies. But we do have this strong set of values through which uh, we want to make the world a better place in maybe I would say in our secondary actions. And as a company that's doing rather well in terms of numbers, we have a lot of leverage to put into making the world a better place. We have this chili corn fund operation going on where we fund and implement non-profit pro bono projects towards goals of, of making the world a better place. Now I hear myself repeating the same term, but we've been doing collaboration with and, and work for, for example, startup refugees and Pride Helsinki. And also we have this SPICE program that's there to allow our employees to be compensated for free time volunteer work on socially responsible topics, for example, open source software development. Right, that all sounds interesting. Does a company have to be big and already successful to start changing the world to become a better place? Or can a startup change the world? I was just saying we had two startups there sharing their story and would be a very pessimistic and depressing thing to say that a company has to be big and old to make a change in the world. So I think that a company that exists for the purpose of doing something good and sustainable can definitely make a change. However, I, I think that once a company gets big enough, then the company has this leverage in volume that they can have and that they can use to make good things happen even though they are making in air quotes, traditional business as their core thing to, you know, make money and, and stay alive as a company. But then it's possible to do secondary contributions to the society, to the world around us. I have a few questions about startup life. You're big enough and successful to look from the 
top of the mountain or at least middle of the mountain. I don't know how you feel yourself about it, but uh, if we take an early stage startup, what is the key to success? Well, I don't know if I'm any kind of an authority to say this, even though I feel like I I do indeed have quite some exposure to the topic. There are many things that are usually cited as the keys to success or, on the other hand, the keys, keys to failure. And one of them, obviously, is doing the thing that needs to be done. So you can't really create business out of a non-existing need. Uh, so you cannot make a product or a service that no one needs or wants and expect people to buy that and create a lot of shareholder value through that. So that's one thing, of course, the product market fit. Then there's the team. So you need to have a good team with a good balance of talent and a good team spirit and a team that can collaborate and that works as a team. And and many of the VCs that I've been talking with or angel investors, anyone whose job it is to find out good startups from bad startups, they usually stress the fact that you can invest in a good team with a bad idea because the team will come up with a better idea eventually. But if you invest in a good idea and a bad team, then the idea just might not end up working because of a bad implementation, because the team crumbles under pressure and, and, you know, conflicts arise and so on. And of course, there are things like timing in, in a large scale, for example, for digital services to work, let's say Facebook to have become such a huge phenomenon. There was this need for having internet connections and, and connectivity around the world to make that spread because you cannot have a person use Facebook without an internet connection. And social media, picture sharing websites or, or apps would not exist if it wasn't for this ubiquitous camera technology in everyone's smartphones and you know such things that affect the whole whole market quite well. And many f- ideas that have been tried once and have failed have later been implemented successfully because the world has been in in a more receptive stage to say that. Yeah, those might be the three things I would list out right now. I would like to ask you, I know that you have been visiting Tribex and Startup World Cup as part of the audience. Could you comment on those events? How was it this year? Previously, any changes and general overview? from your point yeah i was a part of the organizing team a year ago making the event happen and seeing it from the backstage point of view and running stage management uh, stuff and, and stuff like that carrying bricks to the brick walled pakkahuone which which felt meaningful to say the least that's an inside joke maybe but yeah i mean this year i had no responsibilities involved in making the event happen. So I was there purely to enjoy the show. And I would say what made me the happiest uh, was when it was asked from the audience how many are from outside of Tampere. And that was a big part of the audience. So it was clearly validating to see that the event actually tracks or there's traction that causes people from outside of Tampere to come specifically for that event. To Tampere. And 
even a lot of international people as well. So, so I think that's very valuable. And personally, of course, it was very interesting to hear about the startups on stage because most of them were unfamiliar to me. Finos that won the competition sounded very promising in every way and, and very much hope success to them. And probably I have one last question. Uh, how would you generally estimate the startup ecosystem of Tampere and well, Finland in general nowadays? That's a tricky question to give a good and all-encompassing answer to. Uh, of course, we have the most vibrant startup scene in Helsinki because that's the capital. That's the biggest business region in Finland. And it's very natural to build the Maria community, for example, mm-hmm. in Helsinki, out of all the opportunities in Finland. However, I feel like if we think about Finland as a country, and in geographical terms, Tampere is the place where it's rational to have the other startup hub in Tampere, or in Finland, I mean. Since we do have this high level of education, we have a big number of people in terms of Finnish, big number of people, I mean, in Tampere, and the pipeline of potential talent recruitment and even from outside of Finland to come to Tampere is is very promising to say the least. It's a good question to ask if we want to have this kind of internal competition between Helsinki and Tampere and I don't think we need that uh, in terms of doing exactly the same things here and there. However, there might be some room for, let's say, specialization in Tampere region, for example, for many reasons. It could be so that it's easier to start a company here. We have uh, cheaper spaces for companies. We have less competition on the working force uh, in terms of especially tech students and, and young people in general. And that might be the thing to target in Tampere, for example. And, and to target and serve that need, we have, for example, the Stream Startup Festival that was born out of the need and to... And which is coming to us in October. Exactly. Important reminder. And, and Stream Startup Festival kind of was born out of this idea that Slush, on the other hand, while it's serving startups, it's starting to be targeted towards much more established companies and, and companies that are further in their business already and the very very early stage startups kind of find no room in slush nowadays and that's a bold statement of course but but still that seems to be the trend and for those startups in their very early stages we want to support them and and have them build connections have them meet investors and mentors and and everything and that's why stream startup festival was born and that could scale towards making this whole Tampere ecosystem more focused on the very early stage and, and making Tampere the place to start your company and like get off and start flying. Tampere, the place to begin it. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Thank you very much, Antti, for having time for an interview immediately after you finished your talk show. Lots of talking for you today. Definitely. Um, that was Antti Pintkanen and now we're moving to the next interview of this week. Thanks again. Hello, 
Monty, thanks for being with us. Please tell our listeners a few things about yourself. Hi, thanks. Thanks for inviting. So my name is Antti Virolainen, and I'm one of the founders of ShareTribe. So that's a company where we help entrepreneurs build new online marketplaces. Businesses like Airbnb or eBay, people uh, trading or selling or renting to each other and new kind of sharing economy. And we try to make it easy even for teams without technical knowledge. Okay, that sounds like you're actually doing something to change the world, as it was in the topic of today's talk show. Could you please open up a bit, in a sense, what is your company doing to change the world? As I said, some, some of that happens through the marketplaces that we help our clients create. So we are happy whenever those help reduce consumption. For example, people renting stuff from each other typically reduces the need for buying new things. For example, a few ladies uh, near Helsinki started a marketplace for parents where they can rent uh, baby gear like uh, travel strollers or uh, car safety seats. Uh, so instead of letting them lie in the closet, they can be now rented out so people can earn a bit, they can meet their neighbors, and there is a little bit less need to buy one for every family. So that's one way where we help to reduce the consumption and... Um, If I continue about the newer aspects, so this is how we got started and uh, very excited about sharing economy and then seeing also the other side of the coin that sharing economy has been growing fast. And one of the reasons has been like um, companies, for example, Uber found a clever way to allow any person with a car to be a micro entrepreneur and start driving. Uh, the downside is that now as they're micro entrepreneurs and not employees, the typical employee legislation doesn't apply. So many people offering their services through platforms are actually a bit worse situation than a normal employee would be in terms of safety and insurances and stuff like this. So what we hope to do we're not yet having uh, seeing a lot of results there but we hope to democratize the sharing economy in that sense that people can more easily start competing services if some service is treating their workers badly it would be easier and cheaper to start another platform so maybe the taxi drivers for example in one city could start a cooperative use share tribe tools to make application website for people booking their services and that way they could uh, make an alternative where the money is spread more fairly to the owners of platforms who would actually be the drivers in this case. And the same could be applied to many industries. Do you think that a company needs to be big to make changes to the world? Or can a small startup actually do some changes? I think small startups, even single people, can do changes. It uh, Sometimes something gets viral, so to say, that uh, something that started from a small spark spreads like a wildfire. But that's quite rare, and it's quite hard to plan. So many people are trying to look for that. So one way of more steady growth, maybe more steady results, steady change more predictable is to grow something in a sustainable way like a growing a company that does something good and then trying to make it bigger so that's typically motivating for entrepreneurs in general to grow things and if the effects of the company if the business is based on doing something good then that's also augmenting the good effect on the world so it's easier to do big bigger effect things if you are a bigger company than a small one but uh You have to start from somewhere and and sometimes even small ideas spread wildly. And while ideas are still ongoing and ongrowing, let's talk a bit about startup life. In your opinion, how could you generally comment on the startup ecosystem in Finland nowadays? There has been a lot of change that I've seen. I've been lucky to be one of the people, like like in my youth, the entrepreneurship wasn't a hyped topic. So even throughout my study times, it wasn't talked much. I graduated in 2010. 
But then I think 2009, there started in Aalto University, the Aalto Entrepreneurship Society, who started organizing events and invite entrepreneurs to talk about their journey and their startup life. And that actually had had an effect on me, like hearing the stories changed my perspective because I was thinking it's too risky and too time consuming. But then meeting the people made me realize that there is actually also a lot of freedom, a lot of possibilities. And uh, these days, I think more and more people get exposed to that kind of stories, which I think is, is good. My even go a bit over that it's very hyped to start something new and people are maybe getting limited that option while it's also great to join something if you, if you find something where a group of people already doing something good and they need help it's a great idea to join join there instead of everybody needing to start their own because it's a long way and uh, for us it also has been been a long way a long time with two people and then slowly slowly growing the team luckily there is help that since the ecosystem exists also to support people like we got some co-working space for free around the campus area. We have been getting support from the government through different ways, some loans, some grants. We have been even getting support from the Chilean government because we applied for an incubator there. So you can also look outside your country or your continent. It's a global thing in that sense that, especially if you're doing something online, so you don't need to have factories or production, you can just pack your laptop and, and travel if somewhere there is an opportunity or, or there is a better support than in your hometown. Wow. Now I have so many questions in my head. Let's probably start from the help point. Do you believe that platforms like Tribe Tamper can be of help for early stage startups or not that early stage? Yes, yes, I think. And I've seen that also myself uh, while we worked in uh, Startup Sauna in uh, Espo, so at the Aldo University campus. And uh, that was a great place for meeting people. We participated in their first round of, uh, of incubator program where we met many investors. We got a lot of tips. We got connections. I think there can be many ways how it helps. And it, it puts the threshold lower. You have a place where to go. You have a way to meet people, to discuss with people about their idea. By the way, how old is your startup? We founded the company in 2011 and we have been using some software that we built in a university research project that started already in 2008. So that's when I started working in the university project. So I'll be in this topic for more than 10 years already, but the company is about seven, eight years old. Okay. And in your opinion, what's the key to success for a startup? Can you name, I don't know, two, three things? Mm -hmm. That's an uh, uh, important question to put it in, in one thing, but definitely there are things that help. And I think one, as there is no one sing, single silver bullet, being able to adapt is probably one key thing. In our story also, the model, the ideas have been changing. And one good advice that I heard is that it's better to fall in love with the problem that you are trying to solve instead of the solution. Because it's likely that, that your first idea of the solution is, is not the best one. So being able to adapt, change your approach during the way. And if you're passionate about what you want to solve, I think you'll find ways sooner or later to at least somehow help that problem you're aiming to help. And then it's another question if you can make it a scalable business or not. If you can, Maybe you can make it a small business. Maybe you can help in some way and get livelihood somewhere else if, if you want, if you're passionate about that thing. So sometimes it's worth trying, uh, like, let's see, how, how can I help it? How big it might become? Being daring to try naturally because you cannot predict it beforehand if it would be guaranteed then it would be already done by many people so so you have to be comfortable with uncertainty and uh, and maybe the final thing is the the lean startup idea that don't build too complicated things at first but try to make as very small steps and validate your idea talk to a lot of people 
before uh, spending a lot of money or before thinking that you need a lot of funding. Maybe you just first need to discuss about the idea and you can polish many edges already based on the feedback from just uh, discussions. Do you generally believe in, like since you mentioned speaking to people, do you generally believe in networking events? Are they useful? Good question, because their answer is not that simple. So in some sense, we have gotten useful connections or ideas. Like, for example, this idea of applying to a startup incubator in Chile, we heard in kind of a networking breakfast event mm-hmm. in, in Hub Helsinki. So sometimes, yes, um, overall, it's not very systematic. And uh, I think we did go to events more in the early stage when we were not so sure what we are doing. So I think in terms of learning, it can be good. Then when it's more time to execute, if you feel that's the bottleneck, then I think we have reduced that a lot. So it depends. Now there should be other motivation, like now traveling to Tampere to talk about like if companies can be forced for good, that's something that motivates us a lot. So it, it's nice to talk about that topic and uh, spread our story and what, what we've done. So It's not so much about the networking value, but then while being in an event, I'm also looking forward to meeting people, hearing about their stories. So so the network builds as a side product, so to say. It could be depending on what you're doing. So some businesses rely more on the network. In our case, the clients are people who are planning marketplaces. And we've noticed that in all kinds of segments and groups of people, there are people who plan that, but it's not that they would all be in one kind of event. It's not so targeted. It's more for us, it's important to be found when people get the idea and start looking online. So it's not so network heavy business model. Okay, thank you very much, Antti, for being with us today. Thank you. This was Tribecast, episode 9, and my name is Marina. Let me remind you that Tribecast is an independent media powered by Tribe Tampere community. We are now releasing on three platforms, which are Spreaker, YouTube, and iTunes. Choose the one you prefer and enjoy a new episode each Friday. By the way, whom would you like to be interviewed next week? Feel free to share your opinions in the comments. And for now, I wish you a great weekend. Stay warm and tuned. 